Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. My name is Connor Collins. I am a registered massage therapist and sports injury therapist. And welcome to the Concast, a podcast where we discuss all things health, wellness, and injuries in an attempt to better understand the human body. This is episode number 68, where I had the pleasure of interviewing Pam Roca. Pam is a nutrition and women's lifestyle coach from Barrie, Ontario, as well as the author of two books, the first book being The Sugar Detox in 10 Days, 100 Recipes to Help Eliminate Sugar Cravings, and her first book, Prep with Pam, Plant-Based Foods That Taste Like Love. During the course of this interview, we talked about food choices, we talked about body image, and just a warning that at times we did talk about disordered eating. I did find this episode to be very, very valuable and learned a lot myself and hope that you do as well. So enjoy the interview. Friday. I've got another great interview for you this morning. Another person, and I, I feel like I say this every Friday morning, but another person that uh, I've been looking forward to interviewing for quite some time with, with quite a bit of knowledge in a number of different areas that I think are going to be beneficial for you. And this person, again, I've known for a long time, so I am just keep recruiting my friends to share their wisdom. But this morning's guest, a good friend of mine, Pam Roca. Welcome to the show, Pam. Hi, Connor. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, me too. And uh, I've got a little fact for you that I'm not sure that you're aware of, but do you know that four years ago today, we were in the Bahamas? No way. Yeah. I <laughs> I wish we were still there today. <laughs> I was talking with uh, Mark, your husband, earlier, and I just got that notification on Facebook that four years ago today, we were on that amazing trip in the Bahamas with a few of us uh, and our good friend Steve was able to host us. So I think uh, all of us want to go back there so badly and we hope that we can get back there at some point. But I found that kind of strange that we uh, we booked this time to chat so so long ago now, six or eight weeks ago. And, uh, and yeah, that just came up. You know, I think uh, it would be great to start with just giving the audience a bit of a background about yourself and your journey and then where you're at now and, and some of the things that you're doing now um, before we kind of delve into the meat and potatoes of today's episode. Okay. How far back do you want me to go right from the... You can go as... You can make this as long or as short as you want. Our listeners are eager to learn, so make it as long or short as you want. Okay. Well... I think it all stemmed from a struggle that I had with my relationship with my body and with food in high school, which I'm sure a lot of female listeners maybe um, experienced a bit of that as your body kind of changes and, you know, the environment of high school. Uh, So I, I really, really struggled with, with an eating disorder and with all of that jazz. So I wanted to eventually, um, just take my power back. I really was like, I don't want to live like this. This isn't, (laughs) this isn't fun. I'm not happy. This didn't make me happier. So I really, really wanted to just learn more about the body, learn more about food and 
And the more that I learned, the more I realized I can't harm my body anymore. The body is just like this magnificent machine that that works really well when we fuel it well. So I, I went to college for fitness and health promotion. That's actually where I met my husband, Mark. Um, he was in the program as well. And from there, I just, I kept wanting to learn more about the body. So I went into kin and then I took nutrition and I really fell in love with nutrition because it just, I don't think that as a society, as a whole, we don't realize the connection with our body and food. So how the body really affects how we feel and mentally, emotionally, physically. So often we just, Oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat something. And we don't really uh, take notice of why am I tired all the time? Why am I, you know, so emotional all the time? Like it, it can be traced back to food. So I, I found that really fascinating. So I just wanted to continue, continue to learn more. Initially, when I started my business, I played really small. <laughs> I just wanted to help other moms like me. I have three children and I really wanted to just help them get healthy dinners on the table. So I started as a meal prep company, uh, Prep with Pam, which is why the first book is called Prep with Pam, because I, I just wanted to show people that healthy eating could be fun. It could be delicious. It could like cooking could be fun. So that's how it all started. And it slowly evolved where I was really grateful to have the opportunity to see people say like, wow, like I didn't realize it could taste this good. I didn't realize that I could simplify cooking and eating and fueling my body. And I was able to chat with them about nutrition in the workshops, which I found just really, really fun. Like it felt like this isn't even a job. I just, I get to do something that I love and help other people, which felt really good, which evolved <laughs> long story short, uh, into nutrition coaching for women. I really just, I kept seeing all of these patterns of like, this is what feels easy to me now because I've learned so much about it. It can be so hard for other people. So I wanted to, again, simplify how to bring in those health habits so that you can live a life you love because ultimately we all have that choice. Like even right now in a, a pandemic, it, it's harder, but we still have that choice each day, right? How do we want to go through our day? What choices are we making? How are they impacting us? And then just having that self-realization to course correct when some something's not working, right? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So right now you would say is all of your business coaching women or do you, yeah, yeah so all your business has evolved from initially meal prep only and now you're doing nutritional coaching. And what are the majority of the people coming to see you for now? Are they coming for the meal prep aspect? Are they coming because they want to lose weight? Are they coming because they are unhappy with themselves? I guess my first question is, what are they coming for? And then do you often have to reframe them or point them in a right direction or help them maybe realize that maybe what their original intent is, the overall vision might be a little bit different? Because, you know, when we talk about the weight loss industry in general, it's geared towards losing weight is sort of the, the buzzword that we hear a lot, right? Like you have to lose weight or this, that, and the other, other thing. And I know that your messages a lot of the time is it's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. But I guess if we could start there, like what are the majority of the women coming to you for initially? Oh, that's such a great question because the weight loss industry, it really does, you know, tell women like 
if you just lose this, then you'll be happy. And like, I call, am I allowed to swear? I call bullshit. You know, I just do. Sorry. I, I, I do. It's, it's so not the case. And I stem back to my experience and proof that I lost the weight and I still wasn't happy. I kept wanting to lose more and more and more and more. And it turned into a disorder. And, and I'm not saying that that happens for everybody that weight loss. You, yeah, you can lose weight and be healthier and be happier, but that can't be the focal point. And I guess a lot of women do come to me because they are dissatisfied with their body and with their health habits and just the way that they're living. Um, and, and they're all like a little bit different. Some people do come to me because they have the disordered eating and are like, okay, she she will connect with me. She gets it. I don't have to feel shameful. I don't like, and I think that that's the other thing with women is we have all of these emotions around food, emotions around our body. And a lot of them are negative, like really, really destructive, negative, uh, looking in the mirror and just hating what you see. And it, it just like, it makes my heart so sad because we're all these beautiful beings. And if we just looked in the mirror and loved what we saw and wanted to take care of ourselves, our, our bodies, our vessels, magic would happen. You know, the, the more that you, you love your body, the more that you want to nourish it with good foods, the more that you love it, the more you want to move it because it feels good and not as punishment because you ate something as like a celebration of like, look at this wonderful body we have. And we want to make it really strong so that we can age and, and do all the fun things like go on trips um, with your friends to Bahamas and, you know, run the beach or even just hike and explore. Right. So they do come to me for that weight loss aspect or wanting to develop the health habits that they need, that they're just really struggling with. And it, it's often like the definition of insanity that keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And then a year, five years, 10 years later, they're still in the same boat, you know? So they kind of come to me. And the beautiful thing that I love about this is I help them see what they already know, but they kind of get in their own way. You know, oftentimes it's like, well, I really don't like this. Okay. Well, why don't you like that? Oh, because of this. Okay. Well, how would you like it? Oh, this way. Oh, okay. So you had all the answers um, because we're all so different, right? In our likes and our dislikes and what works for one person might not work for another. So I love that I'm able to customize it for each person so that they can create the life that they love, you know, with, with each aspect. And we just start with like baby steps. And I find with a lot of people, one of the biggest common things that I see is for me, I'll say it's easy, but I I've worked really hard for a long time to get here, but like something so simple as drinking water, the majority of the people that I talk to, the women I talk to don't drink enough water. And I'm like, okay, you guys, this is free. It's the lowest hanging fruit. Let's start there. Let's start with hydration and notice how much better you feel, how much more energy you have by just drinking enough water. And sometimes it's as simple as, you know, as you're working, you have a glass beside you. So you take sips throughout the day as you're leaving the house, you bring a water. like, there's all these little tiny tools that you can put in your, your tool belt to build this really strong, beautiful foundation. I, uh, I couldn't agree more. And I think that I'm going to be having somebody on the podcast later in the season that talks her whole uh, expertise is behavior. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of it boils down to behavior. And I think as well, before we even go further into some of kind of tackling relationships and food, I just do want to advise the listeners that, you know, Pam, and, Pam understands her role in the process as a coach and if you're struggling, obviously, with something 
that is more significant in disordered eating, then this podcast is is not certainly going to, going to replace that. And you certainly want to, if you're dealing with a mental health professional, continue continue having that treatment to help you along the way. But one of my first questions uh, for you, Pam, was just about how potentially difficult it can be when we talk about nutrition coaching to change our relationship with food, as you alluded to earlier, or even the the word addiction to food, in that we we often reward ourselves with food, you know, bad food or bad food choices, if you want to call it that. And I wonder if you could maybe just expand on on sort of something that you alluded to earlier, where it would be really valuable if we could somehow reframe our relationship with food to become more fuel-like. And the other example that's been given to me on previous podcasts, or I heard it somewhere with respect to exercise even, often the language around exercise is you exercise to punish yourself for something that you've done badly throughout the course of the day, right? So you eat a pizza on a Friday, you wake up Saturday morning to go for a run to burn more calories, rather than what you alluded to, which is understanding that exercise is beneficial for us in all these positive ways and we deserve exercise. How do you kind of help people change the the narrative around their relationship with food? That is another great question that I'm so excited to dive into because I think it is really, really important. I think even people that don't think that they struggle with their relationship with food, um, sometimes subconsciously we have these rules or these things. So even people that look really fit, look really healthy, like they don't ever worry about it. They sometimes do. And and that's something that I've really seen throughout the course of coaching. But so the first fundamental rule was not rule. The um, tool that I I use with people with food is that it's neutral. It, It is not good and it's not bad. It's that we as a society and, you know, people, your friends, weight loss industry will say, oh, pizza's bad. You had pizza. Ooh, you should feel shame. You, and I think with a lot of women that I see, that's where the detriment to health is, is the mindset around the food, not the actual food. It's the, well, I had the Cadbury mini eggs, so I might as well eat all of the chocolate because I've already messed up and I'll start fresh on Monday. Whereas if you just said, I'm craving a piece of chocolate. I can have a piece of chocolate. Mm, That was good. Done. There's no shame. There's no guilt. That piece of chocolate won't do any damage. It's the mindset around it, right? So really beginning to look at food differently and and start to say, okay, it's, it's all neutral. What am I coming to it for? Am I coming to it because I had a really crappy day and I'm emotionally eating? Am I coming to it because... I want to numb out some emotions because I'm stressed out. So really starting to the first level is seeing that it's all neutral. It's not good or bad. So reframing the mindset there. The second would be to start to tune into the emotions around what, when you're eating, right? So to start to bring some self-awareness of patterns, right? Cause talking about behaviors, everything can be broken down into patterns, right? If you have a bad day and you always go to the freezer and get ice cream, it's you're, you're not even getting the ice cream because you're hungry or because you want it or because you're even enjoying it because you're just going to wolf it down, fill the void and then feel bad about it instead of actually pausing and saying, how can I listen to my body and fill that void? So that's a big message that I have with clients is 
listen to your body. It's this beautiful machine. It's working with you. If you will work with it instead of against it. Right. So there's no really quick answer to that, but really just starting to look at the patterns, right. When you go to certain foods and can you have a slice of pizza with a bit of salad and, and that call that a day, like it's okay, you know? And then with exercise, the same thing, really looking at exercise as a gift for your body, not a punishment as uh, what do I feel like doing today? Not, I have to run because I need to lose weight. If you don't like running, don't run. There's so many other activities that you can do. And the problem is that I see is, is this all or nothing. Like I need to do this 30 minute hit workout or it doesn't count. And it's like, but if you just did 10 minutes of gentle stretching every single morning, 365, that's going to have impact, right? So we often discredit things that don't make a sweat, things that don't burn a ton of calories, things that, you know, we're not sore after them, no pain, no gain. What's that saying, right? We're conditioned to all of these things. And I see so many women that, oh, well, if it's only 10 minutes, that doesn't matter. And it's like, well, could you consistently get 10 minutes in seven days a week? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that's a little bit better than striving for that one, one hour workout at the gym or one really hard run on, on Sunday, but you don't work out the other days of the week. Right. So it's all about tuning into, okay, body, what do you need today? Okay. I'm feeling really stiff. I'm feeling really sore. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go stretch and it, I'm not having to look at how many calories I burnt. I, I think that that's a really healthy mindset when it comes to to exercise, especially where we can have that kind of like unhealthy mentality where it's calories in calories out. Okay. I ate the pizza. I feel shame. I feel crappy. I'm going to punish myself by going to exercise longer. Right. And I have people say that to me all the time. Now, um, Easter was at the beginning of the month and I had people say, well, I overindulge in chocolate. So what's better to eat less today or to exercise more? Neither what's good for you today is to have a clean slate and to honor your body, to nourish it, to move it in a way that feels good and to drink, drink your water, you know? Yeah. I like that a lot. I like that message of uh, neutrality that I've never really considered before. And Aaron Jewett, who I had on a previous podcast, who's a mindset coach had just alluded to something that you said there, where if you have a bad day, the next day don't have another bad day, right? Her whole message is, you know, if I have one bad day where I'm really, and I guess bad days, maybe not even the right word, but if I have a day that I'm unsatisfied with myself at the end of the day, then the next day is a new day. And you're so right about this idea of all or none, where if I didn't get a one hour CrossFit workout in, then I'm not allowed to get 10 minutes in for some reason. And it's, it, I think it does have a lot to do with that punishing message around exercise like exercise is used as punishment for quote-unquote poor food choices that you've had and I think you hit the nail on the head there where you said these poor food choices are really made up by like the marketing industry like a piece of pizza isn't necessarily bad I really really uh, like that message what do you or how do you feel about calories as you talk to women and you help women through this, I'm, I'm sure it's specific to the person that you're working with. Like, what is your message typically around calories and like counting calories 
and that type of thing. I, I'd love to know what your stance is on that. I don't agree with it because I was a calorie counter for years, obsessive tracking, and it dictated my day to the point where it's like, that's not living. And if someone wants to see a, a meal plan with a calorie breakdown so that they can lose weight, I will give that as an educational tool, like be aware of what's in your food, but make good choices. Like one of the things that I also see with the weight loss industry, where sometimes it's good, like they'll go by points instead of calories, but then people will skip meals and save all their points for a piece of chocolate cake so that they're in their caloric intake. So I like to think of nutrients. That's like, what nutrients are we putting in our body today? Let's focus on that. How are we nourishing? Like our, our body's made of, of trillions of cells. How are we nourishing those cells? They want quality food, right? And, and we don't have to be perfect either. Like, let's let that notion go that, because I think that that's where a lot of restriction comes in is people, I ate so clean. Okay. <laughs> like what is clean eating anyways, right? Exactly. Like what is clean eating? I think is the, the I guess is your message. Clean eating sort of made up, right? We've determined that pizza is bad or ice cream is bad, but I think it's a lot of it is about just building moderation. You know, moderation is key, right? It really, really is because say you're in Bahamas and there's this like delicious pizzeria. I don't even know why that would be there, but like part of the experience of life is like, okay, I want to enjoy that, you know, and you can enjoy that savor it, mindfully eat it. Don't eat it and feel shame. Don't eat it and feel guilt. Like none of those feelings are serving you. They're not beneficial in any way, but we've just been trained. You know, we, we really have. And even coming back to exercise, we've been trained that if you work out really hard, like people look up to you, they think like, Oh, look at how hard Pam can work out. Look at how good she's doing at this thing. We value the, the hustle, the, discipline that all of these things we don't value the the joy and which is what I think that we should right so how can we find that beautiful harmony in our body where we can move from a place of joy we can eat from a place of, of joy but like again going to the freezer and getting a bin of ice cream and shoveling in our face it, that's not joyful we're not coming at it from a, a good place having um ice cream when you go you're on vacation with your family and enjoying that. That's, that's how like we find balance by really tuning into the body. And, and like you said, with the mindset coach, I wanted to circle back to that, that each day is a clean slate, a fresh start. Each meal is, but also learn from the past without judgment, right? So if you realize that yesterday you ate the pizza and, and it made you feel really terrible. Okay that's an empowered choice the next time. So you can say, I can choose to have this. I, I absolutely can have this. I can enjoy it. Or I can choose not to because the last time it didn't make me feel good. So when you start to learn more about yourself in that regard, it takes all of the emotion away. It's just, again, I always come back to like awareness in your body. Like if you eat something and it doesn't feel good, why are you doing it? Right. So, and is there is something better that we can add in that's actually going to make you feel good. So for instance, if you are stressed out and you're emotionally eating and it, it's not even making you feel less stressed, it's actually making you feel worse because now you're feeling stress and guilt. Okay. How can we tune into the next time you feel that stress? What's that helpful tool that can reduce your stress? But sometimes it's that pause that you need or that 
reflection. So really looking at what happened the day before, or, you know, even the past month, how have you been coping with the pandemic? What are some healthy patterns that you've adopted? What are some unhealthy ones and eliminate the emotions about it? Just, it is. So how do you want it to be? And then decide, right? Cause each day we, we can make that conscious choice to say, okay, I'm not going to beat myself up about the pizza last night. I don't know why I keep talking about pizza, but, um, this morning I'm going to wake up and, and today's going to be a great day, even though it's snowing, even though we're in a pandemic, you know, we, we always have choice. Yeah, one of the things that you said there, which uh, I've heard a lot and I think is a really important message, is that message around looking up to people that exercise really hard and perceiving that as like putting them sort of above you. They're really, really disciplined. One of the things that I've heard from a number of people is, I'm just not like that. I'm not the disciplined person that's going to exercise for two hours a day and eat keto and carb restrict and all these things. And I guess what you're saying is like, that's, that's perfectly fine, right? Because if you're trying to do something that makes you miserable, but moves you towards a quote unquote, better physique, again, you've sort of said it already, just having a better physique does not make you feel better about yourself. And I guess your message really is you have to tune into what makes you feel better about yourself as a whole also see yourself in a positive light, but do something that's sustainable for the lifestyle that you lead, whatever that is, rather than trying to have this roller coaster of doing good, rewarding yourself, and then punishing yourself after rewarding yourself. What a really difficult place to be. And I don't think that I'm by any means perfect on this because I still go through that roller coaster as well as I'm sure you do. But I think maybe having a bit of grace with yourself and trying to get to that sort of net neutrality that your sort of message is would be a really good place to start. I think that that is such an important point to make is that I'm so glad you said that because I see it again all the time with people where we compare, we can go on social media and see these people who maybe that day they are shredding, maybe they are dehydrated, maybe they're posing, maybe they use an app to change the way that they actually look, right? Maybe they're using a filter. And then that person at home is like, oh man, look at them. Look at, I, I wish I could be like that, you know? And it's like, I've actually seen a lot of people who have had quote unquote, the perfect body and they are miserable. They're not happy. They're stuck in this state of like afraid to be around food sometimes because it's like, I can't eat bad or, you know, I'm not going to go out and have, you know, that glass of wine because that's 150 calories. And, you know, I'm not saying that you can drink all the wine you want, whatever, but it's just like, where's the intent behind it? So stop comparing is a big message that I want to say. Do not compare because you have no idea what someone else is, is doing. And I, I think it's really important. I say this to a lot of my clients as well is to do a social media detox. So whatever you're looking at, it's going to bring more in. And I know for myself, I was, I love, you know, nutrition, health, fitness. So I was looking up a lot of fitness stuff and then I just started looking and I'm like, all I'm getting is perfect women in a perfect bikini. I would find myself in that same place, even though I know, and I'm just like, oh man, I need to strength train more. And and I actually went through and I deleted a whole bunch. And I started to follow people that I looked up to who 
embrace body positivity and loving themselves from a healthy place too, because I do think, and this is controversial, so not even sure why I'm bringing it up, but I I think it's important. So I'm going to share that I love body positivity, but I also think that body positivity shouldn't be, I'm going to eat a box of, you know, a full entire pizza and love myself. You know, it doesn't matter what my weight is because I think that the true definition of body positivity in my eyes is loving your body the way it is and wanting to take care of it from a place of self-love. Like you, you love your body, you respect your body. So you want to eat healthy. You want to find that balance. You want to operate from a place of feeling really good. You know, I, I don't think like eating a whole bunch of junk ultimately makes your body feel good. It doesn't right. <laughs> or like even just being out of shape, my body didn't feel healthy that way, you know? So I really learned like, what does make me feel good? What does make me, you know, and start to adopt those principles from that place of me doing me. And I think that that's an important message for everybody listening is avoid comparing, listen to your body. It knows more than what your best friend is doing. You know, you talked about the keto. Well, sure. Maybe your, your best friend's doing that and they feel great for a while and then maybe they don't right so starting to really tune into the messages that your body's saying and start to notice what feels really good and what doesn't feel good and then from there just okay I want to do more things that feel good because it has an upward spiral the opposite is true too when you do things that don't feel good it's like you attract more of that kind of behavior right you eat the the food that makes you feel really heavy and lethargic like you need a nap you take a nap and then you want you don't want to move your body you know what i mean it's just like that downward spiral which you want to try and avoid yeah i always say the the body wants what you give it so if you give it chips and alcohol and no exercise the body wants that and if you start to change those behaviors and introduce more healthy choices, the body will slowly learn over time what those healthy choices are. I guess uh, my next question for you is, there are going to be people that are ultimately listening to these messages and sort of say like, sure, yeah, easier said than done. I work 100 hours a week or whatever their, their lifestyle is or the circumstances that they're in. And some people are certainly in easier circumstances to make changes versus others, how do you navigate helping those people get to where they need to go when the uphill climb of change seems so daunting? Okay, that is, you're just really good with these questions. Um, So the first thing that I would say is, because I do hear all the time, I'll say what my morning routine is, and people be like, well, must be nice. I da 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 da. And it's like, that's okay. What I would say to the people that listening that are maybe like, okay, listen, your body, what does that mean? Okay, make these changes. How? how? I would start, get a journal and write, what do you actually want? Like, what do you want? Get very clear because what each person wants might be completely different, right? So do you want to feel stronger? Do you want to start eating better? Okay, and then start to make a plan. And if you're not sure how, oh my goodness, reach out to someone who can help you or start to do some research, buy a book. You know, when I first started my journey, I had no idea what I was doing, you know, I, but I wanted to learn because I was knowledge is power. You know, when you, when you know, okay, this is really beneficial for my body. I'm not eating it because 
my friend told me that I need to have a kale smoothie. I'm eating it because I'm, Oh, look at all of the goodness in here. And wow, it tastes really good. Right. So I would get really clear on what you actually want and then make a plan to adopt it and then schedule it in. That's oftentimes where the disconnect is, is people say like, I want to be stronger. And then they'll just leave it at that. Well, how are you going to get stronger? Oh, you're going to get stronger by lifting weight. Okay. So where are you going to schedule it in? And, and does that sound like something you would realistically do? Right. So the goal has to come from within. So for example, lately, one of the things that I've adopted in my life is meditation. And I, I get so many people that are like, how do you do it? I'm afraid I'm going to do it wrong. Or like, why do you do it? And for me, it was just like a way to hear my body clear. Cause I think that that is another thing that people, it's not easy when you're so disconnected from your body. Right. So I think that that's important to note too, that if you have no idea what your body's communicating to you right now, like, just like you said, if you have alcohol and chips, that's what your body's going to want. If you don't work out, it, it doesn't know. Right. So starting to make those changes that you want, and it will communicate more clearly with you. So for example, I did have one gentleman that I was working with. He didn't eat all day because he was really busy with work and his body was fine. He was like, I'm okay. I don't get hungry. And then I eat a really big dinner because I've been starving all day. And then I want to lie on the couch because I'm, I'm so bagged from the day. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, what about if we tried to have a breakfast lunch and then have a smaller dinner because you won't be as ravenous because you're fueling your body. And why aren't you having it? Oh, cause I'm too busy. So we meal prepped and planned. We set up a plan for him. He did it. And then after a month, he was like, Pam, you're not going to believe it. I feel so much better. I'm not overeating at night. I have more energy at night. And all the people at my work are now packing lunches because we all just work through our lunch and didn't do that before. So there's always a way it's just is kind of right now, if you're, you're not sure, just get really clear on like, what's not working. Like that's the best place to start. What's not working right now or what is causing you the most pain. I know in business, they always say, what's your pain point, you know? So is it that you're not getting enough sleep? Is it that you're not drinking enough water? Is it that you're not eating and then overeating, or you, you really start to look at it without judgment and get really clear. And I really love a journal. I know it sounds really dorky, but I, I find it's a really great way to just brain dump, tune into your body. Like, how are you feeling mentally, emotionally, physically? Right. Cause so often we just focus on physical. We don't even tune into okay, mentally I'm drained. I'm homeschooling three kids and we're a year into a pandemic. I haven't had a break in like a hundred years. Right. <laughs> so, you know, tune into that. And like, so. But I think as well, what you said, that's really, really important as people listen is there's no right or wrong answer here, right? Because so many people are so, even, even I imagine people that are listening to this conversation I personally, I enjoy weight training. I like to train with kettlebells, so that's what I do. That certainly does not mean that anyone listening to this has to train with kettlebells. What you're suggesting is by doing a journal or even just a list or whatever it is and getting clear on what works for you, that's what works for you. And you keep going back to this theme of, but it also has to work for you in a way that you are happy and you're living a positive life, right? So if if I tell you to train with kettlebells and you say, I have no interest in that, I never have, then why would you do that, right? Like it, ha it has to go back to, ultimately it may just come down to writing things down to get clear on what those decisions are because if you're not going through 
that is an exercise, how would you ever necessarily know that? It's so true. And I think that the one thing that I really want to hit as well is that all of the answers come from within. So often we seek validation from other people like, oh, Connor's weight training. I better weight train because I want to be strong. But then you, you start to weight train and you're like, I actually loathe every session. Okay. That's information. So maybe that's not your jam, but there is so many different ways that you can move your body and there really is no right or wrong, right? Like you could go for a 30 minute walk every day and that's beautiful. You're taking care of your body, right? Like it doesn't have to be a run. If you're, if you're going the same distance, it's like, it's not like a destination. It's about enjoying the journey, right? Like our whole life is this beautiful playground, right? And we're meant to enjoy it. You know, we're meant to enjoy even with work. Like I love my job so much. I would do it for free. I obviously have bills to pay, but I just love helping other people because I want them to see, like, you can choose to live a life you love. Like you don't have to punish yourself with these exercises that you don't like. And I really saw that with a a client that I had, she was trying to get up earlier to get her workouts in the morning and she was not doing it. And and she kept being like, I'm just not sure why. And then she got up early and was like, I don't have to work out. I'm going to bake. Cause I like baking. And she was able to wake up earlier. And then she's like, okay, so I'm going to adopt that new habit. And then she started to do this older stretching workout that before her mindset would be like, well, you're only burning a hundred calories. So that's not worth it. And her body felt so good that she continued it every day for the past month. And she's like, this is like just a really wonderful thing, Pam. I can't believe it. Like, but before her brain (laughs) or her ego or whatnot would have told her like, this isn't even worth it, you know? So she'd miss out on that good feeling. And she was able to wake up an hour earlier. She was able to get that, you know, 45 minutes of movement in and, and really start her day feeling good. And she said it carried into all aspects. I started work in a calm, happy state. I started, you know, I talked to my clients a lot nicer. So it, it has that ripple effect, right? So really tuning into, okay, movement, I feel like is non-negotiable. Our bodies are designed to move. We're not meant to be stagnant. So how does my body want to move today? You know? Yeah, gaining some access points, right? It's all about where on the ladder are you coming in, what rung? And again, going back to the kettlebell example, maybe you loathe weight training now and then maybe after a year of getting up and walking every morning and feeling different, maybe you come into that ladder on a different rung then. And maybe now you are interested a little bit in some resistance training and maybe you're not. And both of those scenarios are fine, but really, again, taking that approach from sort of what is it that I really need? Mm-hmm. You know, what am I What am I uncomfortable with? What do I dislike about my routine or my life now? And then what is it that I need to change that? Which I think is, is a really, really great and important message. One of the things that you've touched on before a little bit was with respect to social media. And I'd really love for you to give the listeners a few tips on how to cut through the noise of just things like, not necessarily social media, but like, food labels, food marketing, fad diets, like low fat this, low fat that, even how to maybe recognize those things at like the grocery store as they go out. Like when you're dealing with clients, do you say shop on the periphery of the grocery store or so many people want to adopt change and maybe they can't afford to have a coach 
and then they go to these resources and as you know while resources are plentiful there are really really valuable resources and then there are ones that aren't so valuable so even if it could be like a couple of resource websites i know your website that you're going to give out at the the end of the podcast is full of great resources as well but just something as simple as like how do you navigate the grocery store when you walk into fortinos and you see all of the cookies right at the front and it's sort of strategically placed like that that's a really great question i think talking about shopping go in with a plan so that's like was my whole you know jam with the initial business was that when you go to the grocery store know what you're going in for and know that when you go there you come home with ingredients that actually make a meal you don't want to just go in and you know they often say you you go in blind like you only see 20 percent of the store because you always get the same things right so I like to kind of look at my week and it's like, what kind of foods do we want to have? What is going on that list? And then I go in and I follow the list that I just created. Right. So that way there, I know what we're having. I know it's going to fuel us really well. The perimeter is a great example because that's where all your produce is. That's where, you know, your, your lean meats and, you know, all of that good stuff. You want to avoid the processed food. So one of the most simple fundamental nutrition tips, I guess I would say to people is eat more real whole foods more of the time, really. And truly like what's a real whole food, an apple, it doesn't have an ingredients list. So anything that doesn't have like chickpeas or chickpeas, that's it. You know, chicken is chicken. So if you can start to adopt your plate by having more real whole foods, most of the time, you're going to feel better. If you're not someone who's very adventurous with vegetables, maybe how can you add more in? They're so beneficial for us and not from like, oh, I have to eat something I hate because I'm trying to lose weight from how can I make Brussels sprouts really delicious? How can I season them up so that I enjoy them so that my body is getting more nourishment? So that's my (laughs) grocery store answer is to come in with a plan, maybe get a little bit adventurous, buy a new cookbook or follow um, a blog of someone who's credible. So I really love Joyous Health. She's from Toronto and her mission is food should be joy. Food should be healthy and it can be easy. It can be delicious. There's no hidden agenda. And I think that that's something to be really mindful of is if like, is someone trying to sell you on a detox tea and they're this big influencer and they're like, you can look like me if you have this detox tea, don't follow down that rabbit hole. Like just don't, you know, like our body, it wants good stuff. Like if you think back even to, even when my mom was a child, they grew up on a farm and their food was grown on the farm. And so that's what they ate and they worked the farm, which I know, I don't know, maybe that makes me sound really old, but it's like, we've lost that connection to food, right? It's like, we went through this like convenience period where it's, and I used to joke with when I would meal prep, like, oh, chicken fingers and fries and then delicio. And then, you know, that convenience food is not really serving us. Right. So how can we make healthy food, easy, convenient, and delicious? That's, that's the big idea. Yeah. I heard a great quote from Michael Pollan, who's an author years ago, probably a decade ago. And I think he's also done a series on Netflix looking at different elements of food, like bread making, dairy making and such. And his message in one of his books, and the title, I can't remember the title right now, but it was something to the effect of have whatever you want, but make it from scratch. So if you you want a hamburger, make a hamburger, but make it from, as you said, those sort of real foods, like go and 
source the meat from the grocery store, make the bread and the the bun as well, you know, source the cheese, source all the the ingredients from real whole ingredients and make that. And if you want a chocolate cake, again, same thing. And uh, while I don't do that all of the time, it was certainly a really, really great message and kind of reframed a lot of my relationship with food. And I, I really enjoy cooking as well. So it was sort of like, again, take a lot of these ingredients and put together what you want, but at, at least then you can be knowledgeable of what you're sourcing and what you're putting into it. And I know one of the things that you're talking about all of the time is substituting different things into your recipes that, you know, whether it's for food allergies or whether you want to make a few little tweaks to make it just that much more healthy. You know, if you don't like vegetables, blend them up and put them into something, all of these things, which I think is is so, so important. And I love the other thing that you said, which was looking out for agendas. So often we don't take that into account. What is, you know, the resource that you're seeking out and what is their agenda? Are they trying to get you quick fix fad diet? Are they, do they have a lot of comparison pictures on their websites, which we all know can very easily be Photoshopped these days? I think there really is a a lot of value there. I know that you touched on planning as well. Is it as simple as just sitting down on a Sunday and saying, this is how I'm going to plan my week out, kind of writing it out. Monday, I'm going to have this. Tuesday, I'm going to have this. If you could speak to that a little bit, I think that there's a lot of value there because so many people talk about meal planning. And I know I've tried it, but I feel like you, having done it for so long, might have a few more kind of tips on a, a macro overview, how to make that just easier. Mm-hmm. Okay, absolutely. I, I think it really and truly, you have to look at your schedule and what's going to work for you. So I know some people, they love to do like the three day plan where it's like, okay, Sunday, I'm going to plan for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And then, you know, Wednesday, I'm going to, they don't want to go too far in advance because if it's really nice on Friday, maybe we want a barbecue. If it's really cold, maybe we want a casserole, right? So things can change. I know it seems weird to eat by the weather, but in Canada, we kind of (laughs) do. So I think you have to look at what works for you. If Sundays are family day and you don't want to spend that time, then don't do it, but look, you really have to schedule it in. And I call it a non-negotiable meeting for yourself to show up for yourself. Because if you expect that you're just going to open the fridge and there's going to be healthy food there for you to eat surprise, it's not there. Right. So the best way that you can ensure that you're going to eat healthy is like you said, make it yourself from scratch. And so that you know, what's in your food and then have a plan. So I love to sit down Sunday morning when I'm having my coffee, my kids are trained now don't bug mommy when she's having her coffee. So, and, and I'll kind of look, and sometimes I get their input as well. Sometimes I'll ask Mark, like, what are you craving? So that I don't have to think of all of the meals. And so that everybody is kind of like a little bit happier, right? So if you have a family or, you know, maybe perusing through Pinterest or something like that and getting some inspiration. And the lovely thing about Pinterest is you can, put in whatever you want, healthy kid casseroles, and then it shows up, healthy vegan dinner, you know, there's so, and it's right at our fingertip, right? So you can even get some inspiration where maybe you don't follow the recipe that they have, but you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that black bean burger that I used to make all the time that I haven't made for a really long time. Right. So And then once you kind of know what you want to have, you can write down the ingredients or take inventory of what you already have in your fridge. I really like to do that to avoid food waste. So again, you know, before you shop, look and see, oh, I have a head of cauliflower. What 
what do I want to make with cauliflower? This do we want to make cauli mashed potatoes, cauli rice, wings, you know, so that that way it's not going to go in the green bin. And I just wasted $5 on this beautiful cauliflower, right? So taking a little bit of planning and being able to go with the flow too, so that some of the stuff, like you don't have to spend Sunday and meal plan, meal prep and cook and all this stuff. It's like the best part is to have the plan to have the food in the fridge. And if you can at least have like one or two things ready, then it simplifies your week. One of the things that I really like to do is to sheet pan roast veggies so that that way, if I want to build a really easy lunch, I can just throw in some chickpeas, some roasted veggies. So again, really there is no right or wrong answer. It's to tune into what works for you right? Like we're a family of five. I have to be a little bit prepared and organized because when they're hungry, they're hungry. (laughs) So, you know, and and same with Mark's probably going to hear this, but he's the same. Like when he comes home, it's like, what's where's dinner? Like I need to eat. Like, so I have to be prepared to make sure, or we're going to eat delicious. Like if I don't have a plan and I want to nourish them, I want them to feel good. And I know that by me taking that little bit of time to be prepared, that I can have a healthy meal on the table and sometimes looking for easy options too. So that fish is a really great one that I love to do because you can cook it four minutes per side and you can have dinner on the table in 15 minutes. I think that's another myth that uh, I want to debunk for a lot of people listening is that you don't have to spend hours in the kitchen. It doesn't have to be hard. It's that we think this process is hard. And I get that maybe beginning, it might be a little bit more time consuming. I want to say that too, because I have to remember where I was when I began with anything that we try that's new. Like, so if you're not new to cooking, which I I see a lot of people that come to me and they're like, Oh, I have no confidence in the kitchen. The only way to build up that confidence is to come in with that beginner mindset and to just begin, you know, find one recipe to try, um, and be okay with, it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. And I'm sure with your cooking experience, the more that you get into it, the more you're like, wow, like this is actually a lot of fun. And then you reap the reward of the delicious food, like always coming back to joy. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I really enjoy cooking and some, some days it's like a really elaborate couple hours in the, in the kitchen, but the sheet pan roasted veggie thing I took from you. And like, I do that regularly on a Sunday. And I do think that that is, it takes five minutes to cut up a bunch of vegetables and throw them in the oven. And then the other thing that I do is I just boil a bunch of eggs. Those are like the two things that I do because I know that eggs are easy protein and I want to try and get some vegetables. And that's, that's the only meal prepping that I do at the start of the week. And I know that there are people that do much more than that. And I know that there are people that, Uh, do much less than that but again it goes back to like that's just sort of what works for me I don't mind being in the kitchen every evening after work it's kind of relaxing for me I don't have a family so it works well for me and it takes less planning but I think it goes back to again what really works for you my next question is pretty simple do you have any key ingredients or key things that you feel like everyone needs in their kitchen that you keep kind of going back to. And I know that there's obviously going to be dietary restrictions and stuff like that, but is it eggs? Is it spinach? Is it three or four things that you keep saying over and over and over to your clients that, you know, people should always have readily available? Yes. I would say the first is to have a well-stocked pantry. And I have a, t- a full blog post about that on my website at showing you exactly how to do it, what I have in my pantry. Because if you have a well-stocked pantry, you can easily make 
anything, or even just grab a handful of almonds. Like if you're really, really hungry and you don't have a meal made, it it's so simple to just go there and grab that. So I like to buy in bulk. So I'm sure most of your listeners are from Canada. So Costco is really great for your nuts and seeds. It can be very expensive at the grocery store. And when I started building my pantry, I just started with each time I go, I'm going to get one great big bag of a different kind of nut or a seed and fill it in a glass mason jar so that we can see what's there. And it's funny because now even my kids, if they want a snack, they'll go and grab like a handful of pumpkin seeds or something. And I'm just like, okay, great. They're getting protein. They're getting iron. It's a really, really great tip to just have a really well-stocked pantry and know what's in it, have it clearly labeled. And then for your fridge veggies, and even if you're craving something sweet, come to fruit, that's nature's candy, right? And it, it can be really delicious. You can make a smoothie that tastes like ice cream and it's nourishing your body. It's satisfying that sweet tooth and it's delicious, right? So I think that that's again, coming back to making your own food and, and keeping it really simple. So I, I don't want to say what kind of veggies, because it, it's really is your own personal choice. And sometimes it adapts over time. So maybe you didn't like cauliflower in the past, but maybe you'll try it in a mashed potato where it's half mashed potato and half cauliflower. I do that for my kids all the time because they don't like vegetables that much. I don't know how it's possible, but (laughs) (laughs) they don't like veggies. And I think that's important to say too, if you're listening, it's not always easy with the kids, you know, but there's always a way if you decide, right? So in their pasta sauce, I'll puree spinach and red pepper because they won't eat it. They don't like the texture of it. And I know that as a kid, I hated broccoli. I love it now. Like I absolutely love it. Uh, So I don't want to say a specific vegetable, but I think your fridge should be filled with it. And if you can take a bit of time to prep the veggies, then they're ready, right? So carrots and celery, I'll put in a jar with water. So they'll stay really nice and fresh. And then you have a really easy snack. So Again, if you work outside of home and you come home and you're starving, just snack on that. You're providing your body with nourishment and you're not going to ruin your meal. Whereas I think, you know, sometimes people come home and it's like, oh, cheese and crackers or, you know, which can be really calorie dense and not necessarily providing the body with any nourishment, right? Crackers can be like empty calories or it's like you're filling the hole with not much goodness. And then the other thing would be protein source. So what is your protein that you have on hand, right? So it could be chickpeas. I love to buy, uh, Costco has organic chickpeas in the case, black beans. If you're a vegetarian in your freezer, can you fill it with good meat, good protein? Like, are you sourcing where that's coming from? And yes, it might be more expensive, but can you maybe balance it out with, okay, maybe we'll have like meatless Monday, right? So that we can afford that good quality meat, right? Where we know where it's coming from. That would be my basics. So protein, veggies, and then a well-stocked pantry and you're golden. Yeah. And even if, even if like you said, you can't, the question comes up a lot about well-sourced meat, buying organic and those types of things. But I mean, and I think you would agree with me if you could source meat, a well-stocked pantry and vegetables, and that's all that you can afford and you can't afford to buy organic because of the extra price, or you can't afford to, you just can't afford to go out and source your meat. Mm -hmm. That would still be great, right? Like as long as you're sort of taking it from like, again, going back to what you said at the top of the podcast, where you've decided to make these changes 
a red pepper is a red pepper and it doesn't necessarily always need to be organic because some of the people that I've had conversations with over the past years, they get really sort of tied up in that. I guess when people try and make these leaps into changing their lifestyle, it's like they want to do everything all at once. A lot of the time we can take on this, can I buy chicken or does it have to be organic chicken and all this stuff. And it's like the more that we take on to try and change these behaviors, the higher risk we have of like regressing and falling backwards into old patterns, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, I, again, understanding what you are capable of as as the person taking on the task. Yes, I think that's really important because <laughs> I see it all the time, especially in January, you can't buy kale because <laughs> everybody <laughs> is adopting the all or nothing. So maybe you just pick one thing that you focus on, right? And, and know that if you can't buy organic, that's still okay. Focus on what is this food giving to my body, right? So if I'm not buying organic chicken because I can't afford it or I can't source it or whatnot, like we're in a pandemic, right? Like maybe I'm ordering online. That's okay. It's not that one is better than the other. It's like, you're doing your best to nourish your body. So be so grateful for yourself. Like I'm so grateful for myself for taking this time to figure out how to nourish my body, you know, or that I'm getting enough protein, that I'm getting enough veggies, that, you know, I'm fueling in a way that's going to, you know, make my body thrive, not survive. Right. So nothing is, is good or bad. I think that that is like one of the underlying messages with, with nutrition is just like really tapping into, you know, if you're just starting out baby steps, pick one thing, just consistently do that one thing until you don't have to think about it anymore. So like brushing your teeth, we don't think about it. It's just something we do. Right. So if you're not drinking enough water, start there, (laughs) get it to the point where you don't have to think about it anymore. And then add one more thing in, or if you're grocery shopping and you're like, Oh my gosh, there's, there's just too much. Start with one thing. If you've never tried chickpeas and you want to try it, pick one recipe, you know, like it doesn't have to be this like big, overwhelming, complex thing. Cause the more complicated we, we make it, the more likely we're not going to stick with it. Like we just won't. Right. So the thing that I say to most of my clients is, can you do this for the next 20 years? And if the answer is yes, then you're on the right track. If the answer is no, um, which again, coming back to the restrictive diets, a lot of them that you see, it's like, yeah, you can do it for a quick fix, but if the idea of eating like that when you're 70, like, is just like, so no, um, then you're probably not on the right track. So come back to a way where you can adopt a lifestyle that you can live and enjoy day in and day out. Yeah. I love what you said there. And sometimes it does just come down to like difficult decisions. Like sometimes you'd need to, if you're really, really craving something, sometimes there is like willpower that has to come into play, right? To just sort of trying to find that balance. If you're Mm -hmm. continually like you have good intentions, but the good intentions aren't translating into good behaviors. Do you have any tips or advice for people where they just really do want to change deep down, but they just can't translate the intent into the behavior, I guess? Mm Mm-hmm which I think is ultimately like what this whole podcast is about with really anything. It's just about have that intent translate into real life. Cause it is really hard when you're stuck in a pattern. And, and this is what I'll say a lot. Each time we do that pattern, we're in 
graving it deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. So it makes it that much harder. Whereas sometimes when we're creating this new pattern or new habit, it's like we're bushwhacking. So it's like, it's so much harder because that road has not been paved yet. So just being really patient with yourself, but being really honest, like if you are eating chips every single night, cause you love chips and I love chips. So there, <laughs> there's no judgment here, but if every single morning you wake up and you're puffy and you feel not great, take that information. Don't feel shame in the morning and say, okay, I can eat chips. It is not making me feel good. What is something that I can do instead? Right. So maybe the first baby step is I'm going to make roasted broccoli seasoned with this Montreal chicken. Oh my gosh, it's so good. So that's something that I've adopted is that I don't want to eat chips every night because they, they don't make me feel good. They just don't. They're they're very calorie dense. They don't fill you up. Whereas like you can get broccoli, it's super filling. It's it's so nutritious for you. You can season it up a little bit. So it's not like you're, I would never eat something that I hated. You know, I would never eat something just because I'm like, Ooh, I'm trying to replace this habit and I hate it because I won't stick with it. Right. So finding that healthier alternative that you can stick with. So for example, with sweets, if you're that person that every single night you're having something sweet before bed, it doesn't feel good. You don't want to do it anymore. Is there a healthier alternative that you can make? I, I'm telling you that there is like, you just, <laughs> you just have to make it. And then it's about shifting that patterning, right. And really deciding and committing that it's not just going to happen overnight and just trying to be consistent. I don't like the idea of willpower or like white knuckling it because I find that what happens is, is we're like, Ooh, I can't have the thing. I can't have the thing. I can't have the thing. And then we have the thing and we want to have 10 times as much because we feel like crap. Yeah. We just give up and then we overindulge or what have you. And then the storyline is what is is so damaging. It's like, I'm a failure. I'm never going to lose the weight. I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be So changing that storyline really allows you to take your power back and say, what do I want? (laughs) Okay. I don't want to wake up puffy. Okay. I'm not going to have chips and having a plan, an action plan in place so that, you know, at nighttime when I'm making dinner, I'm roasting out that broccoli so that when I want that snack later, I can have it and I'm working with my body and not against it. Right. Or I have this really fantastic Snickers recipe that's made with dates and almond butter or peanut butter with a bit of peanuts. So it's like, you're getting that fixed, but you're providing your body nutrients and it's like a win-win, you know? And I think that we're taught that we can't have that win-win, you know, we have to white knuckle it to make this change. And so it's not fun. So we don't make that change. But one of my biggest messages is how can you work with your body? How can you make that change fun or enjoyable so that you actually will do it? And how can you give yourself grace and compassion to, say if for a week, it's six days, you have the healthy thing or don't have the thing. And then one day you have it, know that that's okay. You know, and and with everything, it's just a learning experience. I think if we took that pressure off and was just like, okay, that was a learning experience. What did I learn? Okay. I learned that da, 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 da. Okay. Next time, how do I want to move forward? It's my choice. Right. So I think so often we, we don't feel like we have a choice. We feel like, it has to be hard. And I, I just don't think that's the truth. Yeah. I love that message of, again, just creating a, a path that works and getting to a place where you're okay with, with having things without that, that guilt or shame. And I, I think for me that from this conversation, the biggest thing that I took away is like, everything is neutral. 
Nothing mm-hmm. is neither good or bad. And that was such a simple message, but this entire time we've been sitting here, it's just ingrained in my brain. I think we'll wrap up there, Pam. What I want from you is to tell the listeners if they would like to work with you or where they can find you, because I know your website is just full with recipes and all of the topics we've talked about, and you give away so much valuable free content. So please uh, let the listeners know where you can be found on all your social media and website. Okay. So the best place to go to would be my website, because like you said, all of the information for working with me or even just the free resources, I love to share everything that I've learned so that hopefully um, you can pick up what resonates. So that would be www.pam.com. And then you can also find me on Instagram. That's where I love to share even more on a personal day-to-day level, different things that I'm enjoying and eating, different things from the grocery store or tips and tricks and hacks. So you can find me at Pam underscore Raka, and that's where I hang out. <laughs> Great. And uh, for all the listeners, definitely go to, to Pam's website and Instagram. There's just so much in terms of meal prepping, recipes, planning, and, and so much more from what we discussed today. If you have any questions or comments for Pam or myself, feel free to leave them in the comments section below. As always, folks, I hope that you found this episode to be of value to you. Have yourselves a great weekend, and we will see you in the next one. Mm-hmm.